on this week's episode of the Superhero Show Show. We'll find out if Jughead can make the rest of the gang remember their future in the past on Riverdale, if Mike can survive meeting the spirit of vengeance with Ghost Rider, and if Sarah will get ungrounded on Superman and Lois. All of that and more on an all-new episode of the Superhero Show Show. What's up, nerd, and welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only podcast that covers every live-action TV show based on a comic book, and, you know, sometimes ones that have, like, you know, drawn pictures, like animated ones as, as well. I am your um, your friend, the the chaos person, I'm loud, I'm loud person, hi, I'm Caitlin, uh, and I will be your host today, and joining me are my other friends, um... They are quote unquote friends, um, but they might also be enemies. Um, the verdict is out. Ryan, are you team friend or team enemy today? Oh, I like to use the term frenemy. Or in Caitlin speak, um, when I go out in the sun, I sparkle and shine, and I will kill this wolf motherfucker the second he <gasps> looks bad at me. Oh my God. Ryan came for my heart. What was that? You are a vampire? Yeah, of course I'm the vampire. And of course, Mike, this fucking hirsute. Is that how you say it? Hirsute. Hirsute. Uh, gentleman over here, this hairy motherfucker, who is also, not only is he as ugly as Taylor Lautner, but he's also as bad of an actor as Taylor Lautner. It's Mike. I stink like dog and I fall in love with babies. Everybody knows <laughs> I got rabies. I didn't know you watched that movie, but you know the rap, you know the theme song from the end credits. It, just the fourth one. I've, re- oh, I've rewatched that one many times. It was actually performed by Paramore, so I'm really excited that you knew that, that rap by Paramore. Mm-hmm. It was really good. Look, Paramore, ha- not other songs are hits. To hear Mike do it, it sounds more like Paraless. Ooh. Well, now I have to figure out if I'm Team Mike or Team Ryan today, but That's I hard. think you guys have to fight for your side. Uh, just like uh, Jacob and Edward did in the very good, um, the very good movies Twilight. Wait, were we making a movie reference to the movie Twilight? You know what's going to be adorable? Not at all. Caitlin is. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going. Mike and I are going to fight for your love, but mm-hmm. it, during the fight, we're going to kiss and hug each other so much that actually Caitlin might not matter. It's just about <laughs> this werewolf vampire romance. We look up. She's gone, and we go, "What? <laughs> did she go home to play Snake on her flip phone?" <laughs> On my Nokia. It's almost as indestructible as his skin. Anyways, um, guys, about these these things we're talking about today. What about these things? <laughs> There's so many things to talk about. So many things. So many comic book TV shows. A lot on the CW right now. Christ. Um, my CW app is running overtime right now. Oh, my God. I, I turned on the CW app the other day and smoke coming out of the TV. <laughs> so overworked. Flames flames is coming it, out of it. Is it because you're trying to catch up on Walker and All-American? Yeah, and I every time I turn on the CW app, I have to crank the edge of my TV. Just to keep it, keep it yeah. Just, I have to like turn on a light and watch the shadows around the room in order to catch up on Supernatural season 
17. Okay, you know for a fact Supernatural is done, and it's the show about their parents called, of course, their last name is, I will remember at the end of this sentence, Caitlin, Winchesters. it's the Winchesters. <laughs> Which, one of the people from Supernatural, Jensen Ackles, is on, too. So uh, he, he shut the other guy out. Yeah. Apparently, the guy found oh, out. A lot of drama. The guy found out there was going to be a prequel show in the trades, and was like, "What the fuck? I thought we were all yep. buddies." He was pretty sad about it, apparently. But you know, we get to see another person from Supernatural, Misha Collins, on her favorite show, Gotham Knights. Is there a so fucking have- single dumb show that Caitlin doesn't love? No, she <laughs> loves the dumbest shows and only the dumbest shows. That's a me. <laughs> um, That's a me. But I yeah, no, end. Gotham Knights. I think the verdict is still out. I'm still watching it. I'm caught up on all three episodes so far. That makes me so, so like... sad for you and your mental uh, So <laughs> It makes us all kind of sad, but you know, it's also not as bad as The Flash to me, so there's that. But today we are going to be talking about The Flash. We're going to be talking about Ghost Rider, Riverdale, and everything else on the poll list. Um, but why don't we first start off by um, listening to Mike talk about Ghost Rider. And we're back. It's time to punish Mike. And what better way to do that than with Ghost Rider? Ryan, can you help us out with this? Of course I can. In 2007, a film 15 years in the making finally hit theaters. Instead of versions of Ghost Rider starring Johnny Depp or Eric Bana, Banya, we got Nicolas Cage, famous Ghost Rider fan, playing the spirit of vengeance. After Mistopheles tricks a teenage Johnny Blaze into selling his soul in exchange for curing his father's cancer, which he does by killing him the next day. (laughs) Cool movie. Blaze goes on to become the world's most famous motorcyclist with increasingly suicidal stunts. This stops when Mistopheles' son, Blackheart, brings some damp and dusty demons up from hell to get the contract of San Verganza, which would give him the power to make hell on earth. Also, Sam Elliott is there. Taste buds, I ask you this. And this is uh, Tasty Mike, right? Is Are you the I'm, only one? I'm the tastiest of Mikes. Is there anything dumber than hiding Nick Cage's gonzo acting behind a CGI skull? There's a lot of atrocities that this movie commits. But I cannot think of any worse than only giving us Balls of the Walls Cage twice while he transforms. So, I'm sorry, they took his face off? No, they took his face in, mm. I believe. Because face off would be entertaining. Uh, but instead, uh, uh, shitty Nintendo 64 skull just slowly eats away Nicolas Cage's face. Well, again, like the best acting I've seen him do in this movie in years is while he's changing. And then they're like, yeah, but p- put it on the CGI. Let's put that over it. I don't, why, why hire him at all if you're not going to let him cage out? <laughs> uncage the cage uncage the beast is this the marvel character you would go with if you had nicholas cage and every marvel character let's say i appreciate that this is one of his favorite characters uh-huh but no who what character has the least amount on their face i could see if they wanted to if we hadn't had norman osborn be willem defoe again i could see him being that uh, our Green Goblin. I could see him being. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? It. Who's like an unhinged hero? Uh, if we didn't have 
the dude Speedball? who John Bernthal, the Punisher. I could see Speedball into Penance. Into Penance. Well, let me ask both of you this. Um, Onslaught? He, he has a <laughs> very deep obsession with one particular character. So yes. much so that his he spent a lot of his fortune on Action Comics number one, and he was supposed to be the next uh, replacement for Christopher Reeve. Do you guys see him as a Clark Kent Superman person? No, no. not at not. all. That's that's. I would love to see that batshit version. Uh, and I do love. They even you've seen the screen testing, right? Where he has the full on yes, I've watched the screen mulleted, long haired Superman. Uh, but no, I w- it would be my favorite movie. Tim Burton's Nick Cage starring Superman. I'm glad it doesn't exist. Superman with nipples. I'd love to see it. <laughs> well, yeah. Everybody wants to lick Superman's Kryptonian nipples. <laughs> That's not what Caitlin said. That's not what anybody has ever said. Oh, we were all thinking it. Uh, this is the writer-director. This is um, Mark Steven Johnson, who has of gone course. on to do a number of other things that we'll discuss. But like Mike, like watching this movie, did you feel like that? Oh, this guy has a career making films. No, it, you this this gentleman hates Ghost Rider, hates Nicolas hates Cage, ha- hates movies. Uh, <laughs> early on, the, the the not the flashback because it starts this way because it's forty five fucking minutes before we see. Nick Cage become Ghost Rider, uh, jumping on this Benny Hill ass motorcycle. Uh, it is lesser CW for so much at the beginning of this movie of just kids who don't really look like the actors you know they're supposed to become. It is insane. You cannot, and I cannot explain how bad the beginning of this movie is. <laughs> and then. It doesn't get better. It's just not oh, no. kids doing that anymore. You have because this is a punishment for you. You have to explain to us what bad means. So there's a couple uh, ways that bad works, which means you had a great time on your couch laughing, or you sat on your no. couch feeling the punishment. I I felt punished in every way. I was his transformation was fun because this point we're like 55 minutes in. And we see him finally, you see him open his eyes for the first time. And he's like, oh, yeah, here's what I'm hired to do is for this 30 seconds. But I don't know why Ava Mendez was big in the early 2000s. She cannot act. Uh, well, she's pretty, though. She is very pretty. Um, Johnny Cage, as an adult, does love karate chimp shows. That was delightful. I love Donald Logue. He's under use. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Donald Logue is great. Chimp. I'm sorry. You said karate chimp shows? You the Chekhov's karate champ is he says if you erased my karate monkey show again I'm gonna be so fucking pissed and then in later scenes you see him watching a chimpanzee live action in a full gi doing karate and he's just chuckling while people are trying to talk to him about serious stuff that's when that movie shined do you know <laughs> you're doing the audience our listeners damage because now we're all going out to watch <laughs> this movie ghost rider because of what you just said i will because there's a monkey i will find the clip the five seconds worth watching and then put it out on our social medias here's here i'll do the opposite uh the cops try <laughs> to arrest him uh after he ghost rides out for the first time and he is a bootlicker and says no 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 uh, I, w- I want to become a motorcycle cop when my stunt career is over. Uh, and not only is that a douchey thing to say, uh, he tries to be like, no, guys, I'm one of you. I would love to become a cop someday. A cab includes Ghost Rider. 
Fuck that guy. Caitlin, don't watch it. Caitlin, this movie was directed by Mark Steven Johnson. I will Venmo mm-hmm. you $4 right now. He directed this movie in 2007. If you tell me the movie that he directed in 2003, where they were like, let's give him another Marvel movie. In 2003? Yes. The Hulk. That's so close, but it's Daredevil. Ang Lee directed oh, that 2005 Ang Hulk. Ang Lee directed that. But I, they, that makes Daredevil. a lot of sense. Daredevil is so much better than this. <laughs> Think about what you said, Mike. Think about what you just <laughs> fucking said. Like, this guy made Daredevil, a movie that was a flop in every way that you would use the word flop. And they were like, yes. you know what? Let's give him Ghost Rider. You know what? Let's do three more lines of cocaine each. And Why? then let's give him Ghost Rider. Why do some people fail up and we have only failed the way we have failed? That's so infuriating. Oh, I looked it I up and this guy's a straight white movie. male. So are we, unfortunately. Yeah, why aren't we failing up more? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, Ava Mendes, and here's the here's the problem with the early 2000s and women. Uh, he leaves her when they're 17 because he made a deal with the devil and he doesn't want to hurt anybody, so he runs away. She runs into him now. She's a famous reporter. And he's like... Rebecca, we should, I don't know, grab dinner or something. And then she goes, no, fuck you, as she should. And then she just shows up to his apartment that she somehow knows where it is and just starts making out with him. What? 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 Yeah. That's her forgiveness, being like, no, I know you're not really that guy that you showed me to be your whole life. Fuck this movie. It's Wesley, Wes Bentley? Uh-huh. Is that the kid from... From American Beauty? Uh, was he good in that? I know there's a lot of issues with that movie, but I feel like people are like, well, he's a good actor, but he has done this and then The Hunger Games. He was the guy with the crazy beard, Seneca Crane. Oh, and, I know. I think he's a Yellowstoner. And he, well, good, because he cannot act. He is Black Heart. And I don't know what you got. Uh, Peter Fonda is, you said Mistopheles. That is the way it should have been, but it's Mephestopheles. There's extra oh. syllables in here, they say. They that, together, like, did the I say Marvel the name of a cat Mephesto. from Cats? No, no, no. Mistopheles <laughs> is the devil from Did I say Faust. Mr. Mistopheles? Mr. Mistopheles. Mistopheles is the devil from the Faust story. Mephesto uh-huh. is the Marvel devil. They slammed those names together to make Mistephistopheles. And that's who Peter Fonda from Miserator plays. And they're like, you know what? Peter Fonda shouldn't be in most of this movie. Let's get Wes Bentley to play Blackheart, the emo kid... He is out emo's Tobey Maguire Spider-Man 3 kid. Wow. Uh, I want to watch this movie, dude. Like you're not you, making it hard. Like I you're making it hard to it not to watch you. this movie. You could have watched it with me in person this week and you've refused. It, well, no, but like if I had watched it, I would have hated it. But to listen to you talk about it, I love it. <laughs> they try to Let be me ask you this, Mike. Are you Am I what? Let me ask both of you this. Are you guys Nick Cage people? Do you yes. like is Nick Cage an enticement to watch a movie? Yes. I'm a I'm a national treasure person and I do want to watch that movie with him and Pedro Pascal, but other than that I don't have like a big need to watch Nick Cage movies. That movie with him and Pedro Pascal is like the guy from National Treasure and Good. a national treasure. No! <laughs> uh, Daddy Sam Elliott is the narrator. Uh-huh. And uh, you know I love his voice. 
But then he also, and here's a movie that is so boring and does so little, shoves too much lore in. Because not only do we have to learn the legal ins and outs of the contract of St. Braganza, we then have to learn the history of all of the Ghost Riders. He is uh, Carter Slade, the Phantom Rider. They don't call him that this, but the Ghost Rider from when he was like, it's too much. Save that for the second one. Unfortunately, there is a second one. There's a second one? And I wonder if Mike is going to have to watch that soon. Uh, yeah, there was an initial character called Ghost Rider. It's a yeah. coincidence, or like we just use the name again? No, has to be part of the lore. Gotta make it part of the lore. This has to be part of the lore. What's crazy is looking in uh, to the history of the character Ghost Rider is so there's the original Marvel character, the Ghost Rider. Uh, and then they're like, hey, I want this Daredevil villain to become like stunt cyclist. And he'll be like this. And somebody's like, no, we're gonna call him Ghost Rider and cover him in leather. I just invented him. And then they argued for years who invented him. Uh-huh. And then forgot that there was already a character called Ghost Rider. In that era of Marvel, they were like, what shitty movies are people watching? Oh, mot- motorcycle movies, black exploitation, kung fu, horror movies, werewolf movies. That's how all of their characters came about. So they were all stealing and cheating the entire time. And yet, Stealing, no. cheating, coked out, let's go to court. Right, and then let's go to Because I invented a flaming skull. Let's sue each other because, oh, you think that you came up with werewolves? Well, this is a... Uh, you, you, you came up with man-wolves? Well, this is a wolf-man. <laughs> well... <sighs> the good old days. Oh, Mike, I think, I think that's about it, except for any last sentiments that you'd like to say about Ghost Rider. There, Would you say, listen, watch it, or no, like... please do no. not watch it. There is a scene... There's a scene. Ghost Rider has been shown to be pretty invulnerable. There's a scene for no reason after he Ghost Riders out. Ava Mendes shows up to his apartment for another time, and she is sewing up his wound. This is she is a professional TV reporter, and she's sewing up his wound, and they're just talking. How did he get cut? Movie. How did he get cut when he was invulnerable? What is happening here? There's there's a scene missing, and it makes no sense. But the scene that comes after, it's just there. I will say, Caitlin, if you're going to decide between watching Ghost Rider or watching the footage of Mike watching Ghost Rider, where he was just pouring uh, gasoline on his head and then like having a lighter like right here, like I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I wanted the flaming skull. I would watch the Mike footage. Ooh. Wow. Well, that's a compelling argument to watch or not watch Ghost Rider. Um, But thank you for doing your service, Mike. We appreciate you. Uh, but next, we got to go to our main event, which is Riverdale. On this week's episode of Riverdale, the gang is back in the 50s. If you were annoyed by the updated version of the CW show, then this is your episode. Because now, they're all back to when America was great again. Betty is as shy of a woman who doesn't know when to talk. Tori and Tabitha are forcefully dealing with the Emmett Till murder. Kevin Keller is straight as shit, and Jughead is all like, wait, what's up? Taste buds, I ask you this. Is this the Riverdale we always wanted? Yeah, because like uh, when Riverdale started, right, we wanted classic Archie driving around a coupe. Is that a coupe? I don't, I don't His know. His hot rod? Cars are. His jalopy? His jalopy, I think they which said, like, feels like a slur. Time. Yeah. Probably another slur for Italians. A lot of things that happened kind of felt like it was like, really, Riverdale? Do you, 
Are there people, do you think, who will complain that Riverdale's getting woke with the uh, Emmett Till storyline? Well, I think that I'm about to listen to three people do that right now. <laughs> but it's crazy because I don't want to scream at Riverdale uh, for being too woke. But I, I also have to ask the question, did they spend more time on James Dean's accident than they did on Emmett Till's murder? I feel like I, they... <laughs> I would say... When they talked about one of those events, it made my shoulders clench so hard. And I was fine every time they talked about James Dean being dead. Not because of wokeness. I don't know if Riverdale can Dealability, accurately right? handle the Emmett Till atrocity. Mm-hmm. Like every time they mention Emmett Till and it's like, all right. It's like the Oscars, you know, like where they have cameras on Jack Nicholson and Angelina Jolie. And then every time they mention Emmett Till, they have those cameras on this one black student or this other black they, student. They made a new black student for us to <laughs> because they did not have enough to deal with. They're like, well, we can't just go back between Tabitha, who is black, and Tony, who black is and not. Tony, black and Tony. Uh, so we'll have this new guy who shows up too, which is it's you just you knew you shouldn't have been handling it, so you made a new character for one line. It. It was so uncomfortable. There's a point where, like, let's say his name is John. Uh, there's a point where the teacher's like, um, Emmett Till was murdered. So uh, Tony and Tabitha and John. And I was like, teacher, what are you doing? And she's like, you were there at the at the funeral right. for Emmett Till. And I was like, okay. Whew. <laughs> yeah, I thought was she was going to like, you're black. <laughs> <laughs> it- but... Yeah, I don't know if this is the show to deal with even stuff that is 80 years old. It And, and it was interesting where certain parents and teachers was like, it's just so uncomfortable. for." I do mm. think they, they got the pussy racism down so well. These parents mm. and teachers aren't screaming the N-word, but they're just like, mm, I, just, I don't know if we want to talk about that right now. And like, I think that is important. It's like, I'm not racist. I just think it might make certain people uncomfortable if we talk about the death of a black kid. I think Betty's mom says Betty's mom says it best where she's like, well, it doesn't really affect us. Right. I think it's yeah. what she said. And I was like, oh my God. And Betty's face is like, what, what, what? She, she stood up from that table and she said some words and then she walked away. <laughs> she was like, not going to stay here for this food. And then I think it's uh, it's both Betty's dad, who he's back. He's so. back. I, and yeah. this was fun to see old characters again. Good for him. And then also the principal. <laughs> it's like, I mean, like, it's a black kid. Is it really worth wasting? And they literally say, two minutes of news time right. on a black kid? Like, that? come on. We, have we so can't much do that. so much local Riverdale news <laughs> to talk about. There's some, some white people have their newspaper stolen. And, like, we're going to, like, talk about this black kid? And another, so here, doing more things they did well is uh, how everybody reads uh, Tony's article. And they're just like, it's so well written. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And hidden in that is, well, one, you're clearly not dealing with the material. But it is like, she's very articulate for a non-white. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's so well-spoken. But Mm -hmm. again, I don't know if Riverdale can handle it. (laughs) Well, that and then going back to the James Dean thing, um, we get Veronica. It's her first day in Riverdale. And she talks about, you know, how she was friends with James Dean. Um, when well, he was she was alive. a good time Jimmy. girl. 
Yeah, she was a good time girl. So she was friends with Jimmy. Oh, I bet and she was. that he liked to hang out with, go uh, skinny dipping with girls and guys. And everyone was like, <gasps> what? Not James Dean. He would never. And I was like, oof. And then they don't deal with that at all. Yeah. Well, it, are but, you saying because girls and guys or the skinny dipping aspect of skinny it? Skinny dipping? No, no, no. The, um, it seemed very homophobic. <laughs> oh, see, I just thought they were anti-skinny dipping because later Archie's I know Cheryl like, was like, go to this river and Veronica's like, to go skinny dipping. He's like, ah, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> oh, I took it as, well, because someone made a comment about like, uh, how dare you say that about James Dean, like swimming with boys or whatever. Whatever it was, it sounded very homophobic to me and mm. then they just kind of glazed over it. It could just be me because I found out Kevin Keller was you know straighten this one he's not straight you guys yeah. didn't catch that like he is he is he's not straight that's just that the, the my favorite moment we're not gonna was one of them so i'll have another one but one of my favorite moments of this episode was jughead being like so in the future here's thinking about you and he just looks at kevin and goes um well i don't want to out him in 1959 so what can mm-hmm. i say to him right now you sure do direct a lot of musicals but no, I mean, like, uh, this group of people is about to be introduced to Rock Hudson, right? Who is like uh-huh. this heartthrob that is uh, very straight, and he is actually very gay. James Dean is probably doing whatever he can to, like, I mean, like, James Dean is probably out there hitting it all, boys and girls. Uh, starting in this movie with Salmoneo, who we don't even hear, but like, uh, Kevin Keller is sort of based on Salmoneo from Rebel Without a Cause. Oh, really? So, like, I mean, like, I, I yeah, I, I sort of think that, like, it's all, uh, like, let's just not say the word. It's almost like if Ron DeSanctimonious, or if I can call him, what's the other one? Bis- Meatball, Meatball Ron. Ron. Mm-hmm. If Meatball Ron is out there saying, just, like, don't say gay. And that's not true. James Dean probably, James Dean probably touched a couple of wieners in his day. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I? Oh, well, James Dean was in this, like, mentioned way more than I expected. And I, I do think it was more than Emmett Till because I think we're going to get more James Dean further on because, of course, Veronica was friends with James Dean before he died. And the reason that she's here in Riverdale is because she was one of the good time girls while James Dean was speeding and she got al- out alive, but he didn't. Okay. So this is, I'm going to say, I'm going to offer this up as one of the worst scenes in Riverdale history. And guys, you know what that's that means. That's saying a lot. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's an important thing that I'm saying. Um, that not only did she use the term for herself, I was a good time girl, mm-hmm. but she straight up says, like, look, actually, if I think about it, um, my parents never paid attention to me, and so what I do is I go out and I cause chaos and I do bad things. And I think that's just because that like there's a hole inside of me that I'm trying to fill because my parents didn't love me and they loved their show. And so what I'm like what I what I'm doing with you is like I'm trying to hook up with you, but am I trying to hook up with myself? Holy shit! <laughs> we have an entire season to go. Character, can we? We, explore- we probably have three episodes in the fifties. Let's. We got to hurry this shit along. Can we maybe explore what this is before you like? Uh, fully go off and I explain everything 17 year olds in the 50s were very in touch with what was going on beneath the surface in oh, their i'm sorry mike do you mean like one year after they created the term teenager teenagers were all out there going like, like wait holy shit this is me now that i know i'm not working in a factory this is me <laughs> i i do believe veronica to be one of the greatest showmen <laughs> <laughs> 
one of the other characters, Cheryl. So Cheryl is, I guess, she's more B plot. She doesn't get like she doesn't. They don't let Cheryl shine at all in this. Um, but one thing she does do is exposes Veronica as a mm. liar um, because Veronica said she was here and gonna be a big star in an upcoming movie. But you know that's the not Natalie true. Movie, so Cheryl outs her. Right? Yeah, our town. Once that again, her parents are directing. Once again, Cheryl is the most interesting character because she finds the line between Jughead's I know that I'm in a TV show mm. and Veronica's I know that my dialogue is written by TV writers who don't know what they're mm-hmm. doing. And Cheryl finds that line of like, look, I'm in I'm in the show Riverdale, which means I'm going to do douchey things and I'm going to like say spicy stuff. And like, that's why she always is the MVP of the show. Mm hmm. She had like this is like was her one moment and I was like this this hit so good. Um at the very end we have Jughead who this whole time he's the only one that understands that they moved from a different timeline. They're from mm-hmm. the future and that's how they got here in the nineteen fifties is because some comet hit. I don't know. They I didn't held watch. hands during Bailey's comet. Bailey's comet. <laughs> so they ended up in nineteen fifty five. Have you guys ever uh, walked up to a bar and ordered a Bailey's comet? Which is, yeah, it is half Bailey's sweeter half... than you'd expect. Uh, <laughs> half let's, not forget, let's, <laughs> let's not forget about um Angel Tabitha, who also Tabitha, knows about this. Who is chronokinetic and is Riverdale's angel, what as is... we all have known. Yeah, we definitely know what chronokinetic mean. I thought that was some sort of icy thing. What does it mean? Uh, based on my nerdy life and my having gone to school for words, I think it means she can move time the way telekinetics can move items with their mind. But Ooh. fucking who knows? No, she this is in every. This is an un- Umbrella Academy character in the middle of Riverdale. Yes. And we're just, we just have to be like, all right, Angel Tabitha. And I guess she has been like that for a while. And now we get two Tabithas, the 1950s Tabitha, who, uh, after this random white guy who's like, hey, let me help you out. And she's like, yeah, I guess maybe I should. Why uh, don't we go camping forever? <laughs> <laughs> That's and Tubitha, then, right? It's Tabitha and Tubitha? Yes. And then Tabitha <laughs> comes back and she's like, hey, fucking I got to erase your brain because you're going to mess up the 50s. Yep. She's like, you're already messing with the timeline. I need you to stop remembering things and... And showing these people what their pa- their future is going to be like. Which so I have to the give the show is... credit. Go. Give the show I have credit, to give Ryan. the show credit though, because like they're like they're dealing with like uh, all right, fine, we can't report about Emmett Till, so we'll read this poem by Langston Hughes mm-hmm. about the Emmett Till death, and then they're still censored that way. Like people are upset. And guys, like four years ago, this would have sounded so weird, but now this is like. Oh fuck! This is sort of how our life is now. Like, uh, I mean, with like CRT and all of the stuff, mm-hmm. it's like no, uh, this this episode hit different and not subtly, not smoothly, just different than it would have even like two years ago. Right. You could see hope that'd be awesome if this episode gave a teenager in Florida uh, the idea to now like I'm gonna read some side Jones poetry over my loudspeakers. Uh, Unfortunately, much like John Stewart and fucking Doonesbury, Mike's favorite Doonesbury, it only Doonesbury. speaks to the choir. Uh, Mike, yes. nobody's reading Doonesbury except for you, bud. Should I read it over the loudspeakers? 
<laughs> and yes. then be like, and then in this cartoon, he looks a little smug. I would love for <laughs> you to get tackled by school security because you read Doonesbury over the high school speakers. Fucking Doonesbury. Where do we think? So at the end of this episode, Tabitha and Jughead kiss. And my fear was this is the 50s. There's already race issues going on. Somebody's going to firebomb pops because they see a black woman and a white guy kissing. Was that your uh, fear? Because my fear was like it's about to go to slow motion and the song from Drive is going to play. That was my fear. <laughs> and your fear came true? My fear came true, guys. Uh, mine did not. Jughead freezes. But now none of our characters remember the future. What is mm-hmm. the show going to be for a while? Yeah, because Bailey's comment isn't hitting for two years. And that's when Jughead thought that you know they, go back. they were going to be able to do something. Get back. And we're all talking about hashtag Gregdale, right? Like where yes. the entire show that we've been watching has been Jughead writing these shows. But he runs back and he writes three words. What are and that's it. Words? Like Justice equals octopus. We don't know what that means. <laughs> but I think like like a, like when you wake up from a dream, it's all faded now. Uh-huh. But so then what he finds his future beanie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what it, could this be it for the rest of the season? I would love if the rest of the show is just a straightforward 1950s set soap opera. That would be the boldest things Riverdale has ever done. I mean, could we do a thing? But like they, we had uh, uh, Ronnie's Veronica's parents produced "I Love Lucy." Uh huh. So could we have like an "I Love Lucy" show, an Andy Griffith show, a other shows that nobody cares about anymore? Mister Ed, the famous Mister Ed. He's a horse. <laughs> he is a horse. He's a talking horse. Um, well, Riverdale, it's been great, but the move the moment of the week, do you guys do you guys have a moment of the week? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. What is it? Uh, my moment of the week is uh Molly Ringwald, Archie's mom, is freaking out that Archie might drive his car because she read the news about James Dean. Does not give a fuck that thirteen year old Emmett Till was mm-hmm. murdered because he was falsely accused for whistling at a white woman. Doesn't care. But she's nervous. That one, that one was wild because they were talking about, I think this is what they were trying to do. They're talking about how uh, Emmett Till's mom published like his photos from his funeral. Yes. And everyone was like, there was that reaction. Then there was the reaction of James Dean's pictures of his car being wrecked. And when they showed uh, in the classroom, they showed Emmett Till's pictures Finally, and that you can hear from the background some kid in the back of the room going like, "That's fucked up." Like, <laughs> Thanks, well, kid. That's super fucked up. <laughs> Why they do uh, that? Mike, um, what's your moment of the week? Wait, hold on. That's not oh, my moment I, of the week. I, I, was okay, saying, okay, I don't okay, think okay, Ryan's okay. is done. But okay. of the week, Molly Ringwald is like, "Look, Jay, I don't know who Emmett Till is, and I will never learn. I'm a white suburban lady, and I will never know. Mm-hmm. But I do know that I do not want you to drive anymore." Because of James Dean. And the reason mm-hmm. is because what is on your car? But flames! There's flames on your car. And to me, that means that your car goes faster and is probably closer to death. She's so concerned about the... F- Those don't actually make your car go faster, folks. That's sure? the, it's, just, it's just paint. I've actually heard that every flame adds 10 miles per hour. So he's had a lot of flames on it. So I think she's right. It's okay. super. It goes like a thousand miles an hour. Oh, shit. There are 75 flames on that car. So yeah, it's about a thousand miles per hour. Yep. Wild. 
Uh, mine is Mike? uh when after Jughead tells everybody their future, uh, Archie's like, "Hey, bud, let's go talk." And Jughead says, "And this is the best acting Sprouse has done." It goes, "You're not gonna beat me up, are you? Because you're really violent in the future. You fucking love <laughs> violence, bro." <laughs> that made me laugh legit out loud. But like uh, when they're going through all the characters of the fifties, it's like Betty is like this, and Veronica's uh-huh. like this, and Archie still fucking punches punching bags. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Archie's the same. Uh, my moment of the week is uh, it's with Molly Ringwald. She's talking to Jug, uh, talking to Archie about his car, and um, Archie to make her feel better says, "I I'm gonna ask Betty to unsoup my car, um, <laughs> yeah. so it only goes like twenty miles an hour." And that makes everything better because you can totally unsoup a car, which I've <laughs> never it. heard that term before. But I now want to use that because I'm going to unsoup my car and take all the Campbells out. I, I mean, like I know how to soup a car for sure. Like you pour so many open cans of delicious Campbell's chicken soup to unsoup a car. I also want to give a shout out to uh, Ronnie for pulling a full on Jenny Garth from 90210. Uh, it's not Dylan. It's not Brandon. I choose me. And then she just walks between the two dudes mm-hmm. and walks home. Which douchebag redhead do you want? <laughs> Neither. Mm-hmm. Julian, did you guys? Okay, we don't have we don't have the other Blossom twin. Jason. We have Julian. We have yeah, Julian we don't have Jason. Jason. We have Julian. Do you know if Julian was from the comics or like? No idea. My you guess know, is they couldn't get that other actor again. That's what I thought, too. You know, Caitlin, it's been a while since I dropped two ninety nine on an Archie and Julian double digest <laughs> at the grocery store, so I'm not sure. <laughs> do you guys okay. you guys ever look at those Archie comics at the grocery store and be like, oh, I should pick up one, right? I should just check in on them, see just, if they're doing okay. What are those kids doing? What are them, what are them kids doing? Uh, Riverdale, it's on the CW um, on a day. Um, but right now, I think... Mike, you were telling me about this amazing website that I need to look at. Can you tell me a little bit about it? It's uh, areyourfriesjulian.com. And you upload a picture of your fries, and our algorithm will let you know if they are julianed or not julianed. Or as now we would call them, are they julianed or are they jasoned? I'm so sorry. Julianed or jasoned? What's the difference between julian and jason? Well, julian fries, as we all know, are when they're like really really little slips <laughs> and Jason Fry's crinkle are... crinkle cut. And some call them crinkle cut, but they're really thin. They're they're like really like what if your fries could look like spaghetti? That's a Julian Fry. <laughs> okay. All right, like real shoestring. Could you put these in a shoe and string them up as if they were boot laces? That is a Julian Fry, and a Jason Fry is the other kind. All right. Acid that answer. is my website. And That's I a need good some one. help. Okay, great. Um, do you have a do- domain name for this? Uh, I will repeat ismyfriesjulian.com. And I'm pretty all sure right. that's exactly what I said before. <laughs> well, <laughs> not different at all. Okay. Extrude that from my potato cutter. Um, you know, Mike, I'm going to have to send you over to my friend Cybersprout. Um, their design experts are well-versed in digital strategy and elegant design, combining the two masterfully. 
working hand-to-hand with you. Cyrus Sprout focuses on collaboration and goal-driven design to help make sure your website reaches the right, right customers. Um, <laughs> let Cyrus Sprout handle your hosting. Cyrus Sprout offers premium hosting specifically built for WordPress. Now you can focus on your website while Cyrus Sprout handles the security, maintenance, backup, and speed optimization. They'll even migrate your website for free. What? Crazy. Visit cybersprout.net to get started. Cyrus Sprout, your digital, your partner in digital world. Your partner, your digital. You are my digital baby. Um, coming up next, we're going straight into the poll list. Meet me there. And we're back and it's time for the poll list. First up is The Flash. On this week's episode of The Flash, Iris and Nia fall into a fever dream. And explore different possibilities for their lives. Taste buds, I ask you this. Do you want question A, question B, or both? Ooh. Both. I want to just B, honestly. All right, just B. Just B is... Um, okay, so real quick. Question A is like, hey, uh, we're in the final season. Do you think we should maybe move the narrative along and not have fever dreams? But we're going to move on to B. Have you guys ever been so sick or so hot or whatever where like you dream the most fucked up shit and then you wake up sweating like have you ever had that like oh my god i'm flying and now there's a dragon or whatever sort of dream uh i once woke up crying because everybody i loved at the time was barbed wire tied to a rock and murdered in front of me Holy oh my god shit dude <laughs> jesus legit dream i had in high school and crying out of happiness yeah i was just like thank god somebody did it i had one and it was a we my whole family was stuck in a burger king um which is a nightmare within itself and the whole world ended while we were inside the burger king and we walked out to apocalyptic world and that was my nightmare and it was scary and i woke up with a fever too it was so bad you could have stayed in there and ate burger yeah. king for the rest of your life but you were like All you know what fuck fries. it let's face the apocalypse yeah inside burger king was fine honestly and i think that's really just telling us that burger kings are great establishments where if you continue to go the world will never end. You know what's crazy, Caitlin, is I once got busy in a Burger King bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild. Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> the Humpty Dance is your chance to do the hump. Okay. Well, The Flash is on Wednesdays on The CW. Up next is Empower. In the final episode of Empower, we focus on the producer of the series, Character Zoe Zaldana's Gamora. This episode explores how Zaldana's back, dance background, along with bullfighting attitude, informed Gamora's characterization. Plus, the sisterly connection with Nebula and Kieran Gillen. Mantis is there, too, for some reason, and fans of Gamora and Nebula. Taste buds, I ask you this. What is the over-under on how many lines they got from Chris Pratt for the interview? I'm setting it at four. Oof. Under. Caitlin, over or under? Over. It was one. He 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 had one clip. Wow, he, he was line. actually in, in it. He was like, "Gamora's a badass," and then it moved on. Wow, that's all Chris Pratt has to say about women. Can I tell you guys that uh, in this weekend that we're recording, this is the uh, opening of Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons Hell and yeah. Dragons. And I feel like that Chris Pine has elevated himself to become the top Chris. Like Pratt has plummeted, right? And then you think right. he's better than the Hemsworth? I'm just saying that, like, or Evans nationally, I think that he has risen to become above Evans and Hemsworth, and clearly far above Pratt. Pratt is at the bottom. He's the sure. bottom of the barrel. We can all agree Chris's. on that for sure. Bottom Chris, definitely uh, bottom. I love Chris. Pine, both in my Chris's and in my sense. 
Did you, <laughs> do you guys know that based on box office, there has never been a more successful actress than Zoe Saldana? Yes. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, because Avatar Avengers movies, Avatar movies, Guardians movies. What was crazy is, you know how uh, Stephanie Beatriz, who plays Rosa on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, uh, voice on the show is very deep and angry but her voice in real life is very bubbly was zoe saldana like hello yes it when i looked away for a second and i was like who is this like young person who they're interviewing no it's zoe saldana again it was fucking crazy it feels like when stephanie beatrice is in in kanto she's doing a voice no yes rosa was the voice and mm-hmm. kanto is her actual speaking voice Bananas. which is wild uh do you have a moment of the week mike from empower no these are st- I, there's nothing new to say about these episodes. They're glorified DVD extras. Yeah, is this our last Empower? Yes, uh, for now and possibly forever. I would say. No, That's you know what? Fantastic. I do have a moment. Week when they were interviewing the fans, there was a fan who really connected to Nebula because she was born without part of her right arm, and so she always had prosthetics. And her, she was like, Nebula just took her hand off at one point. I do that. Also, the real-life prosthetic was glowing red in pieces and looked like legit cyborg, and she unscrewed her wrist and took it off, and I was like, that's fucking dope as shit. That's awesome. That's uh, that's probably the best part of all of Empower. Um, if you want to watch all of Empower, you can watch that on Disney+. And hey, Disney+, and- we'll fucking watch it again when we get a Madison episode. Yes. Give us yes, Madison. Sluts. We are sluts for her. She is our favorite. Um, and up next, we should talk about another show. Let's talk about Gotham Knights. On this week's episode of Gotham Knights, Robin takes out the head of Mutant Gang. Uh, so they, the Mutant Gang retaliates by trying to take down the cops who try to take credit for taking down the Mutant Gang. They retaliate by uh, trying to gas everyone at the Founders Gala. Meanwhile, all the kids decide to bond over daddy issues. Taste buds, I ask you this. With no court of owls and lots of daddy drama, do we think this show has the capability to turn into a good show? Uh, No, no, no. no. (laughs) But let me ask you this. Uh, Did the Mutant Gang have glasses that are like Bebop or Rocksteady? Yeah, like that's, I mean, that's Dark Knight Returns. That's kind of cool. Although like that. they looked so cheap and like not cool and didn't seem like they were effective. It was, you know, those, um, there's like cheap, like, like red light bands that you can get to like help with puffing your face or something like that. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that before? Yeah. We no? wear those all the time. Yeah. Like, yeah, whatever. Th- that's what they looked like. They didn't look good. And it also looks like they had no visibility out of them. Yes, um, so that is Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns. The only thing more okay. iconic than the mutant gang with those glasses is, and Caitlin, I'm asking you, in episode three of Gotham Knights, did you see a woman with uh, pasties? Like, no shirt, pasties, but they were in the shape of swastikas. Was <laughs> that it? That, that's the mid-season didn't. finale. Was that yeah. in this CW show? Probably next week's episode. Probably, we'll have probably episode four of Gotham Knights. We'll I will <laughs> jump on board if that Ooh. happens. Why, what Mike? Why? Because what else Because of wanking? Because of wanking, etc. <laughs> you dang wanker. Um, yeah, so this episode didn't have... It seemed like a filler episode, the way that everything was framed. Um, nothing really happened to move the whole plot of the Court of Owls. And we really didn't learn anything new about the characters. We knew they all had daddy issues. Druella's daddy is Joker, so that's an issue within itself. Um, I forgot her name was Druella. 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 Yeah. 
uh, Robin never had a daddy, so she looked at Bruce Wayne as her dad, but he never looked at her as like a daughter. And then she's jealous also, because whatever his face's name is actually like did have him as a daddy. What is his? Honestly, I can't remember his name. It's like it's I can't remember his name. It's been three episodes that I've watched, and I, why the main why character I can't remember. Yourself? What is what is pulling you through this show, Kaylin? I think it's the fact that it's a new show because like I won't go and watch The Flash and enjoy it, but I'll watch this and be like, I'm okay after watching it for some reason. His name is Turner. His name is Turner. It's came back to me. Um, but it's not a good show. Like <laughs> yeah. nothing about it is good. I just keep watching it maybe because I hate myself or something, just, but there's better. Go watch Perry Mason on HBO. Stop watching. The Perry Wire. Mason. The Wire. <laughs> One thing that made that it was just like fairy Batman for me. There was a gala. And of course, whenever there's going to be a gala, you know, everyone's going to come in and gas it. Right. Oh, yeah. And do something to everyone in there. They're, the people inside are not safe, obviously. So when they announce that there's going to be a gala with all these police officers that they're going to be honoring for taking out the mutant gang, it's like, obviously this is going to get trashed and we know exactly what's going to be happening. And nothing was surprising in this episode. Dude, Harvey I th- decides to run for mayor and it's like, okay, cool we knew this was going to happen it just as new and fresh as it's trying to be nothing is new and fresh everything seems old what do you mean it's trying to be new and fresh it's trying to be old and stale and failing at that the people it seems like the writers are trying to be edgy and try something new by having all these new characters with different names like saying fuck batman we already have titans and that's a bad show yeah yeah so i think it's bad it's a bad show i don't know if i'm gonna watch episode four i did three well and i think i did you'd keep watching (laughs) i don't think i'll do it because i have superman and lois and We'll talk about that one next. Um, Speaking of this, uh, all of this gala shit, this gala, oh, there's a gala coming. Uh, This uh, season premiere of Succession, they like announce like seven parties that are coming up. Connor's getting married. There's all of these things that are coming up. And you know what that reminds me of? Like everything has to have a, uh, like a party at the end. Mm -hmm. Every episode has to have a party at the end. You know what that reminds me of? The OC. It's the OC. Gotham Knights. Why don't you just be fucking. Atwood and Brody and just why don't you just do that? Why don't you have a a Batman show with Atwood? It was called Gotham and we miss it. (laughs) (laughs) It's Uh, so sad. Caitlin, we know that you we know you're uh, past with Smallville. Yes. A lot of episodes. Mm -hmm. You've seen them all. Did you do that with Supernatural? Uh, no. Well, Supernatural, I started and I watched, I think, seven seasons of all, like, okay, so seven that's, seasons of it. That's 140 episodes, but you didn't. Yeah, it was a bit. But you didn't watch the final 100? The whole show. I watched up to season 11, I think. Wow. And I had, like, 13 seasons. I didn't watch the last two. Just because it featured Jensen Cackles and his giant ankles? I'm telling you, the first five seasons were really good. That's not true. It is. Go watch it. It you was know what? actually really good. For every season of The Wire you watch, I'll watch a season of Supernatural. Wow. Is there like one season of The Wire? There's five. Five. Oh, okay. It's fair. It's fair. All right. Dude. Maybe I'll watch The Wire. Uh, isn't that um, cool, though? Like uh, when people are talking about the things they like just to be like, oh, yeah, The Wire. That's, <laughs> that's, how, that's how you prove you're cool to other people. It's because you like The Wire. Yeah, because I like The Wire. 
Um, for Gotham Knights, my only moment of the week is Brody, um, which is the 30 year old man who is playing a 17 year old boy um, and is has the hots for Stephanie, who is just a blonde friend of Bat Boy. <laughs> She's just a blonde friend. She's a blonde friend. She, quote unquote, is not a hacker. She, I don't know why she's here. She doesn't. She's just a character who's a friend. <laughs> Anyways, Brody is going to the Founders Gala and he's decided to take Stephanie, who also, you know, Turner is really jealous that that's happening. Um, so Turner throws a little fit and then Jurella calls the Founders Gala the Brodeo. And that was my favorite part of this mm. whole episode. I gave a slight chuckle and that was it. Caitlin, can I ask you a favor? Uh, anytime yep. you're about to talk about Stephanie, can you say spoiler alert? Just to, spoiler alert. Just to let us know. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> her her comic book character superhero name is Spoiler. Oh. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, Mike. I connected. You said it. this. You've said this before on this show. Yeah. Well, I was no, it's going to be Gotham every Knights. week that we talk about Gotham Knights. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, spoiler alert. That happened. Oh, Gotham Knights is on Tuesdays on the CW. Up next is Superman and Lois. This week on Superman and Lois. On this week's episode of Superman and Lois, Clark has been having nightmares of not being able to save Lois. All while Lois is missing her chemo appointments to get more info on Bruno Mannheim. On the other hand, the kids are dealing with Jonathan's truck being stolen and Sarah is dealing with being grounded and divorced parents drama. Kyle is unhappy with John Henry helping Lana and Lana is unhappy with her daughter for sharing information with her father. The conversation ends with a savage comment and Lana slapping Sarah. Taste buds, I ask you this, with all this avoidance of the realness of cancer, do you think Lois is going to be making it out of this season alive? I don't know because this is the only show that I feel of ours that I feel like could tackle this and it's doing Mm -hmm. pretty well. I thought they were going to kind of drop the cancer Mm -mm. this episode because like they they like did a lot with it last episode and even the episode beforehand like they they did it really well and this one they leaned even farther into it. And like it was it's devastating because you can tell like Lois doesn't want to lose her independence. She doesn't want to lose any part of who she is because of how chemo is going to be treating her. She doesn't want to be looked at differently. Elizabeth Tulloch is such a good actress when she delivers the, the, the monologue of like why and Clark's like, why do you keep missing these? And her her monologue about she'll she'll lose her hair, her energy, herself. Mm-hmm. Like it was like it hit in a way no other CW superhero show could have pulled off. Mm-hmm. I think that they're handling this better than any show I think could have. And like, I feel like everyone has like been like been around someone or knows someone with cancer, like right. or has gone through cancer. So like, I feel like this hits so hard. And the way that they handle it, the way that everyone reacts to it and just wants to help Lois, but it mm-hmm. seems like Lois is just the only one who's like not Her- fighting. Her shitty teenage boys wake up early, rare mm-hmm. for a teenager, to make all of her favorite foods because they've heard chemo can change how you taste things. That's adorable mm-hmm. and heart-wrenching. And then she doesn't want to eat any of it. <laughs> it's adorable. And then Natalie, who from another world is her daughter, yes. gives her a watch that she had made for her mother. It's incredible. Incredible, it, it, sad. Ugh. It's so nice that this late in the Arrowverse, and we can argue about whether this counts or not, that 
CW can still pull off entertaining, well-made, well-written, well-acted shows. Because based on everything else they've done, hard to believe. Mm-hmm. Which, so, Cancer is like, I don't know, for that one, that one hit the most for me as like one of the well, main yeah. lines, storylines here. <laughs> but then there was also, they were like, oh, let's cancel, uh, let's cancel, let's tackle both cancel Cancer and divorce at the same time because we have kyle and lana are divorced now officially and sarah Uh is stuck in the center she is the only one that has been punished after this big huge party from last week and it's because she was the only one that lied about it yeah the rest of the kids were like hey we're gonna go to a party and the parents were like all right just don't drink yeah and she completely lied her mom didn't know where she was so she is the only one that gets grounded well well it's also that her mom just got attacked by I yeah. don't know if we know the villain's name is Anamanapia, but they, she just got attacked by Vagina face. And Vag face. And a few crazy things might have happened this town, and her mom knows her daughter does not have superpowers. Mm-hmm. So she's a little on edge. And yeah. Sarah is dealing with it like a whiny teenager, not a mature, grounded teenager. For sure. And I feel like it was very teen. I feel like this was a conversation that you would see all the time, or like even if like bringing yourself back to the teen of a do- divorced parents, I feel like this, mm-hmm. this was like, yep. This happens. What I do like is Sarah is just dropping real facts when she's talking Oof. to Kyle, but she's yeah. not. She's not trying to st- start shit. She's just like, "Oh yeah, we got a new security system. John mm-hmm. Henry's the one who did it." Blah blah blah. And Kyle's just like, "What? Who the fuck? What?" And Sarah's mm-hmm. like, "I don't know. I didn't ask her about the specifications about his background and security." Like, mm-hmm. and then Kyle goes and he's like, "Oh, here's a coffee. Also, why is some other dude in our house?" Yeah. And then Lana gets upset, of course, because her ex-husband's coming over trying to ask about this guy that she's hanging out with when they haven't done anything. He's just helped her with security. Maybe they're going to get, you they're know. They're a little flirty. They're going to fucking, well, they're going to fuck later. But Kyle still. has also been flirting with Chrissy since I, way Chrissy before. Chrissy has been doing more. They've been doing more than just flirting. Really? Guys, real That's, quick. Yes. Can I, uh, does Kyle act weirder, do you think, because the guy's black? Oh, and it is small town Kansas. Yeah. You know what? That might be some subtext going on. Mike, you said that last week, and I listened last week, and you said that I was like, yep, that's going to happen, and yeah. for sure, that happened. I don't um, remember last week at all. Yeah. Well, you said you said that, and that happened, um, <laughs> and yeah, this, this whole thing with the divorce, crazy. But then it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. And then the fact that Lana actually slaps Sarah and then Sarah goes back to her dad whew, at but the Sarah diner says, where she knew he was going to be. She's like, well, that's probably because. So Sarah's just tearing Oof. into Lana, calling her control freak. And she everything she does is just for her. And she says, that's probably why dad cheated on you. And then Lana she smacks said, her. Just just continue to boss me around like you boss everyone around. And that's probably uh, why dad left you. And it's like. Oh my God! No, he didn't say why Dad left you. It's why Dad cheated on you. Uh, That's why Dad. Very oh yeah, different. Chad cheated on you. Sorry. I oof, don't think you oof. should ever hit your kid, but I think Sarah deserved <laughs> a hand across the oof. face. Sarah, she came out stabbing in this She's moment. Sassy. Like, oh my God. Um. So then there's the other kids, the ones, the other ones. This is like sure. There's some heart there because they're trying to track down Jonathan's truck because the watch is in it. But it's just like good old fashioned. Let's use some superpowers and have a Scooby Doo adventure and take down mm-hmm. some like low level bandits. Yes, a delight. Also, one of those bandits is Jonathan's girlfriend's dad, 
when he brings up that her dad showed a little too much interest in her truck, his drug dealing trailer park girlfriend says, oh, just because I deal drugs and I live in a trailer park, you think my dad stole your truck? Well, <laughs> he did. He sure did. Which Candace is just, Candace has gotten Jonathan kicked off the football team for selling XK. He's done all, he's, she's been such a bad influence on Jordan, Jonathan and he just yeah. continues to stay with her. And it's like, why is, why? But also it feels very high school for them to still be together. Yeah. You don't make good decisions in high school with who you date. Nope. And I enjoy it for the drama. Um, and the fact that the dad stole the car, I wonder if this is going to like bring anything else up or he's going to be part of, um, the Mannheim gang or, or no, something Mannheim, like that. Probably. Yeah. I don't think they're going to just drop that. They're going to final boss him up and juice him up with some super juice and so wait, make does, Superman go against him. Does that mean like at the point that we are with these dramas that like you can't just have a one-off, like even just the one-off has to be attached to the overall Ryan, I don't think you understand what happened. There was a stinger when this guy said, well, that's a nice car, Jonathan. How much does that cost? So you know he's going to be around for more than one episode. Caitlin, just <laughs> the way that you said that disgusts me. Like, I, yeah, I, I, good. A lot my of saliva. skin is crawling. <laughs> um, Caitlin, what's your moment of the week? My moment of the week is going to be the, the Lon and Sarah slap. Dude, the Lon and slap of Sarah. It was, it was so good. <laughs> I went, oh, shit. Uh, my other one, if it can't be that, is uh, that smoke-filled fight when the three kids, Natalie and the twins, decide to get that truck back was legit mm-hmm. cool. Like it was arrow level choreography. How we see it from the unpowered kids' point of view, Jonathan is holding his breath, trying to run through just to get to his car, while steel-covered Natalie and superpowered Jordan are just flashing in like horror movie things, kicking dudes with wrenches ass it was awesome it was really fun it it's a fun i love this show it hits your heart it's in good. all different ways my heart is punched from every direction and slapped once by lana <laughs> um and superman and lois's tuesdays on the cw that's it for the poll list now it's time for x tasmania Welcome to X-Tasmania Bitch, the show within a show covering the seminal and underrated Saturday morning soap opera of the early 90s, X-Men, the animated series. On Stormfront Part 2, we start back up where we left off. We're watching people as they're being tortured, building a monument to both Storm and Archon before their wedding. And I gotta say, um, no statue... and. You know what? Uh, thank you to the French for giving us the Statue of Liberty, right? That was a present for something that we Thanks, did. Frenchies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no statue has ever been built quicker than this statue of Storm. And I have to think, guys, and this is just me. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Slavery? No, Ryan. <laughs> it's not slavery. Humans couldn't do that. It's alien technology, clearly. Oh, ancient aliens. Ancient aliens came okay. down. So instead of, they could have, what they could have done is in, next to this city, in some crops, made a circle. But mm. instead, these aliens, not slaves, aliens not slaves. created a 100-foot uh, statue of Storm because of aliens. What mm-hmm. History Channel's <laughs> seminal TV show has taught us is that there's no way non-white people could have done anything technological. It had to have been aliens. How do these pyramids get made? Was it 
thousands and thousands of unpaid uh, workers. Grinding the bones of anybody you've met you don't like into dust? Nah, it's aliens. Uh, and much like we were talking about if Riverdale can handle the story of Emmett Till, can X-Men the Animated Series handle all of the history of slavery? Yes. Uh, I, I love that in the beginning, Cyclops is like, look, I know this seems weird, but we got to let Storm do what she wants to do. <laughs> and Beast and Wolverine are like, bro, this is kind of fucked up. They they all, except for Cyclops, are like on board like with being like, this is fucked up. Cyclops is like, nah, this is like, okay, this is Storm's choice. Yeah. And Storm comes in like to be like, Beast, you're smart. Think about it. I like this guy. I'm happy. Use your analytics. No, Logan, use your nose. My she yeah. has, my decision comes not from my mind, but from my heart. Hey, can, can, so can we just say this right now? When somebody walks, when like somebody walks into the room after you're clearly talking shit, right? Like yes. all of Storm's friends are talking straight up. <laughs> we're at a barbecue talking shit, and she walks in and she hears them, and she's like, "Well, maybe I'm not." Uh, I'm not different now. Like maybe the past me was different. Maybe now I'm the real me because I'm in love. Fuck that. Fuck them. Fuck you. Get them out of that situation as fast it's as possible. It's been a day. <laughs> We've all had good friends. No, you know what? It's been a year. Even if it, if it's been a year, get them out of that situation. So no matter how long, if you think it's okay, I, I'm down with that. If somebody walks in the room and says, "Hey, what if I'm in love?" Fuck them. Fuck that. <laughs> fuck you. Get them out of love that situation. Is never a reason. Find uh, a helicopter to crawl out of on ropes and get that person out of there. Uh, and then we cut to Archon. His science crew is like, hey, bro, uh, like we said before, we turn that tower off. This whole planet's going to be fine, buddy, which Storm said last episode. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, mm, that does power our slaves and robots who control our slaves. So yeah. I don't know about that. Let's just invade our neighboring planet. <laughs> And then, and then the guy who came to him with like all the facts, he's like, "You're so right. I'd never turn off that thing." Is this the guy in the flying chair for no reason? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just in this chair that like scoots around, uh, and like Archon's like, "Well, Storm, I love you, and I always will." And then he goes in with his homies. He's like, mm-hmm. "Beer meat, bro. We got <laughs> slaves for no reason. It's fucking dope." And then, I want to know who are the people aside from Archon on this island or whatever mm-hmm. that get to benefit from all these slaves and workers. His friend, his one other his, friend, his floating it, chair friend. Yeah, because it seems like a party of three right now that all these slaves are doing all this work for. It's like, hey, uh, your people need workers, so you three people need workers. <laughs> but this is what I think is kind of interesting about the episode is that like they don't need any of this, right? But the fact that they can means they do like Mm -hmm. that's just it like because we can empower these or not empower but depower these people then we will i do want to point out that um archon is pointing to the planet that they're all from does Mm -hmm. anybody know what it's called bergian uranus yeah (laughs) bergian burgundy and he's like oh shit where's the peace treaty and then the guy in the floating chair is like well i have this I have the peace treaty on this very super futuristic space tool called a clipboard. And they just hands him that. And that's it. Like, here it is, buddy. Here's the treaty. And they go, fuck that treaty. Uh, (laughs) And they tear it up. (laughs) The way the X-Men start to figure out things are going wrong is Jubilee, the most childish we've ever seen her, just has a piece of like gold lame cloth and is just running around Storm's chambers, runs into a servant, 
and uh, who we learn is a slave. Uh, Jubilee apologizes, but the servant fucking grovels and freaks out. And she's like, no, please. Oh, just don't tell anybody you ran into me. Please don't tell anybody you ran into me. I gotta, mm-hmm. I gotta run. And Storm's like, no, it's okay. She's like, no, you don't. Oh boy. And they're both like, well, that's a little weird. Let's keep <laughs> playing with that gold cloth. I mean, like, we're not going to deal with that now, but like in the back of our heads, let's keep mm. that. Storm's like, uh, Hey you, um, cola or diet cola she's like no don't ask me a question like that don't make me decide what if it's wrong it makes sense that aurora monroe would have no idea what slavery might look like because her people have never been tied historically of course i mean why would that ever be the case also it's not just cyclops it is really all of them the X-Men, we talked about in the last episode how they seemed like slow to move out of the way of lasers. And now uh-huh. I feel like now they're slow to move out of the way of facts. Um, there's so many moments in this episode where they're like, that seems fucked up. But like, we need like 10 or 11 more examples before we <laughs> well, truly decide if they're slaves or not. Logan, and this, I rarely defend men with two giant horn hair pieces. But this whole episode, Logan and Beast are like, Bro, this is fucked up. And Jubilee and Cyclops keep saying, shut up, guys. No, it's like fine. Storm's in love. <laughs> and they're like, it's, this seems weird. And they're like, no, you shut your mouth. This whole episode, it has Jubilee and Storm in one area. And then it has all the rowdy boys, it has Beast, Wolverine, and Cyclops all together. Like, we're going to sniff out whatever the fuck's going on over here. Jubilee and Storm are like, ooh, pretty fabrics. Oh, my God. It looks like that person's getting mistreated. So bad. But, you know, probably not bad. But shiny things. But shiny. Oh, look. More. Uh, there was a point, too. Uh, uh, what Archon should have done is put Cyclops, Wolverine, and Beast into one room and lit it on fucking fire. <laughs> like He should have just gotten rid of them. But there's one point where Storm walks in and Wolverine's upset about all the things that, he's going, that are going on. So he's just scratching a pole with his claws. <laughs> he's, he's just, just getting his energy out like a fucking cat with a cat <laughs> house. Just like, I don't like this. And just scratching away. Part of uh, what makes them start to suspect even more that things are wrong is Wolverine's like, I wonder if we could talk to anybody about getting a cheeseburger around here. And then he walks into a different room the next scene. He's just like, and you guys found pizza? This dude is hungry. He just keeps talking about earth food. He is starving. That's mm-hmm. why he's so angry. He's always hungry. He's got a big nose that sniffs everything out, and then he's got a big old stomach, too. Did you guys um, notice what? when they pulled the tarp off? Like, there's these big, huge wood statues, but then there's like they pull the tarp off these two colored, like, painted statues uh-huh. of Storm and Archon. No. The, no. Uh, d- they were art. That, that was truly amazing. <laughs> that took my breath away. They were like Rothko's, essentially. They were space Rothko's, is what I would say. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, there is a moment where Jubilee says fear is so thick around here I could roller skate on it, but then like continues to be like, mm, fabric. Well, um, she, she, yeah, she says that because there's more servants who are freaking out. And again, Storm's yeah. just like, it's fine. And if you are a orphan taken in by these, Storm's like the first person, the first episode who like helps Jubilee. And she yeah. just kind of keeps gaslighting Jubilee, but like, it's fine, baby. Well, because Archon keeps this. going to Storm and being like, just trust me. Like, I love you. Trust me. Yeah. Trust me. And she's like, Give this guy some trust. That's all he needs. He, like, and we're going to be married. It's going to be great. Uh, he says, and I quote, Archon says straight up to Storm, uh, please, you're new to Polemicus. Come on, baby. Trust me, baby. I love you. Eat the cake, anime. Eat the cake, anime. <laughs> <laughs> and I, end quote. Uh, there's a certain point eventually 
that Jubilee sees that Storm is trying to convince herself. She's like, no, mm-hmm. I mean, we're new. I don't know. And this 13-year-old's like, baby, you got a bad. That dick can't be that good. You got to get out of this. Yes. And uh, so that's Jubilee and Storm. But on the other hand, the boys, they decide to sniff out what actually is going on when Wolverine can't get his burger and when he sees someone get punished and so scared mm-hmm. about telling him where the burgers were, um, he's like, okay, maybe something is up. So they all go to investigate and they see one of the one of the ships coming down with all these new slaves right. and putting those like bands on them, the controlling bands. Some mysteries are like, they're very like... I don't know, selective with their clues. Some mystery stories are like, we will barely drop a clue. This mystery story will dump a million clues on you at all times and just be and just still have the characters be like, I don't know. What's I don't know what's happening. On? Until a guy who's been following them is like, hey, you guys are dumb but seem to have powers. Uh, let me recruit you. Because here, the thing you keep whispering is this going, yes, you were right. That is what's going on. This, this whole town is run by slaves. Let's, let's do this shit. And by the way, like, if you're thinking, like, what is the, this is a weird coincidence, right? Like, what are the odds that, like, they land on a planet that is run by a uh, white male who has slaves? You know, what the, uh, if, like, if you're on a planet with a white male that is uh, that has slaves, the odds are 100% that that will be mm-hmm. the case. Like, it will always just be the case. Like, we know from history, it will just always be the case. Especially if they've based their whole thing on, like, Greek style. Yeah. Architecture and if they're walking around fashion. with underwear and a cape, <laughs> slaves. Uh, so we, we, yeah, they all have to work together in order to take out, you know, all these people and free these these people who are going to be turned into slaves. Um, and they have to face a ton of ton of robots, so many robots, so many robots, uh, and laser beams, dodging laser beams, and Beast actually takes a hit. Um, and he gets shot. Well, they all jump into a portal um, back to Storm's palace. And then they storm the palace by breaking through the wall. <laughs> That's how they enter dinner as Storm <laughs> sadly looks at their plates that are empty. Oh, my God. Well, first they have to bandage a beast. And he has yes, just an annoying little bandage on him the whole rest of the episode. A cartoon yes, they- bandage. It's a cartoon injury. It's just Car- bandages <laughs> around the arm and the chest. I did not see him get shot at all. I saw there was um, someone that shot at him, but I think it's his little bitch heart that needs that. Um, but yeah, they all do. Uh, the Storm has a, a, a basically a reception dinner, it looks like. Mm-hmm. And everyone's there. All of Archon's friends are there. But uh, Storm's friends, except for Jubilee, did not make it. So she thinks that she's not being supported by her friends. But instead, they decide to Kool-Aid man through the, the wall <laughs> and make the best entrance um, uh, and try to convince Storm that her man is is bad. And Storm, for one last second, one last second, is like, how dare you? How dare you do this? But she knows at that point, right? Come on. Like, yeah, she knows that, like, for years. they're well, in the right and Archon's in the wrong. The moment she probably figures it out is when they Kool-Aid man through the wall and then Archon yells, throw them in the slave pits. Uh, <laughs> um, that might be like a, a key indicator that, you know, he might be he might be a slaver. You also, know? when they Kool-Aid man through the wall, uh, she's like, Wolverine, Cyclops, what are you doing? And Beast is like, I'm also here, bro. Aurora, <laughs> like, sh- give me a shout out. Like, 
You could just mention my name. Uh, I like that Storm, when, when there's like the whole dinner fight, and then things, when she starts to freak out on Rakan, uh, she, the tower's still working. She hasn't taken out that tower yet uh, that controls the weather. She starts hurting the planet herself with her own powers, and Jubilee's like, bro, mm-hmm. this is, what are you doing? <laughs> no, stop, please stop. I think this is the most we've seen like Jubilee actually do something, because she's been with Storm this whole time and been listening to Storm. And then she was the only person able to speak any bit of reason into Storm mm-hmm. while she was going through this whole trauma of being realizing the guy that she thought she was in love with is actually just a, a dick. That's a really good point. Like a lot of times we judge these characters on like knockouts that they make or powers that they use, but really it is decisions that they make. And Jubilee sort of being weary of Storm's decisions, but sort of liking the fabric and the gold. A little bit sexist, but we'll roll with it, I guess, for a second. And then, but also like being the entire voice of reason this entire time of like Storm. I guess I'm the only one. I'm I'm gonna be the only one to tell you that I support you, and then I'm gonna be the only one to tell you like get the fuck out of yes. here, bro. And because mm-hmm. I'm the one who supported you, you will listen to me. Right, exactly. Jubes, huh? Jubes. Who did knew? It. She's she did up. it. She did that. And the end of the episode, uh, Archon. Uh, we know he's a bad boy, so uh, Storm makes sure that all the slaves are free because when she decides to go back to their planet, everyone goes through Cyclops, Logan, all of them are through this big portal, and they haven't taken out the slave tower yet, but Storm gives the best royal wedding gift from the heart to Archon by taking out his slave tower and making sure that all the slaves are now free, and then she goes back into her world. I just almost does it behind the back, like Angela Bassett walking yep. away from that burning car, like <laughs> right over there. Also, Archon does my favorite boy thing of like, Storm, where are you going? I love you. And she's like, no, mm-hmm. I'm leaving you. And he's like, fuck you, you fat bitch. I hate you. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. never loved you. And then like, she's like, no, I'm still Archon. leaving. And he's like, no, but don't. I love you. He no, said, love you. as she's leaving, he's like, she's like, the slaves, and he's like, the slaves, what are they to our happiness? And Storm's like, oh, buddy, you really, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> I feel like you don't know what I'm trying to hear here. Uh, and then we get to see, they're all back at the mansion. Last thing we see is just really, really sad. Storm, Jubilee wants to go help, but Wolverine says she's got to take this one by herself and, and deal with this heartbreak. Uh, Wolverine goes to stop Jubilee from going to see her, but accidentally yep. stabs Jubilee with his claws. And Jubilee <laughs> dies every <laughs> other ter- fucking terrible. week. <laughs> Just stabby. Oh, all right. Well, um, I think it's time for us to go through some awards. Yes. Yes. Okay. First of all, we're let's go. Let's start with uh, best use of power. Mike, what do you got? Uh, I think the best use of power is Jubilee using the power of friendship to talk Storm down from burning an entire planet alive just because she's mad at one dude. Mm. Mm. That's a good one. That's a good one. I like that one. Ryan, what do you have? It's got to be Storm being like, oh, thwippy thwip, and then destroying an entire slavery run community. Mm. Very just good. To, just as she walks through a portal. I have um, the power of breaking walls. I think that was great. <laughs> Great thing that they did here, um, but I'm gonna give it to Mike because the power of friendship is always the best power. I should have power known. I got. Of course it is. Um, and our next one is gonna be most '90s thing. Ryan, we'll start with slavery. You it's slavery. Uh, <laughs> I think that like it was going so on until slavery the, in the '90s. 
until the 90s, and then it stopped, right? I'm pretty sure it's all done, and we haven't heard from it since the 90s. Nope. Yep, that's all. That's all, folks. Uh, Mike? I'm going to continue my theme. Uh, a line you called out earlier, Caitlin. The fear's so thick in here, you could roller skate on it. That's very 90s by our 90s icon, Jubilee. I love roller skating. Um, so, Mike, I'm going to give this one to you as well. Um, because roller skating is the shit in totally 90s. Uh, all right. Our next one is going to be best gas blind. Mike, you want to start this one? It, it wasn't a line. Is They're all walking through the portal. And I'm like, this whole fucking planet's still enslaved. Mm-hmm. What do you people do? You're just leaving like it's fine. And I gasped but- then. What? This is a big Star Wars thing, too, of like, oh, we saved a very little bit. Yeah. You know? And then Storm's like, oh, wait, zoom, zoom. And I gasped then because I'm like, but you haven't solved anything. The people in power were still in power. They're going to repair that tower. And I gasped mm-hmm. for what shitty heroes the X-Men were. Oof. Yeah. This one, the exact same thing. I saw it happen. I was like, no one is taking out the tower. These people are still enslaved. What is happening? Literally nothing happened. They just saved themselves from this, if anything. Um, Ryan, what's your uh, best gasp? Mine is so clear. Uh, Every group of friends, like let's say five or six people, has had one of those people date somebody terrible and say to that group, maybe this is the real me. And the rest (laughs) of the group go, oh, no. And yes, now you have to deal with that. Um, my gas line is when Storm comes out and says, "Like maybe I have been lying to you my this my entire <laughs> life, and now this is the real person of me." That's a gasp. That's a gasp. I think this was a gasp-filled episode, um, Ryan. I'm going to give that one to you um, because, yep, it's real. It's real. It happens. Yep. We could all, (laughs) I mean, listeners might not know who we're thinking of, but all three of us are thinking of like three to five different people right now that have said that shit to us and we want to strangle them. (laughs) We're thinking of all of them and we hope they're thinking of us too, because that'd be cool. Um, (laughs) Just to be thought of. Just to be thought of. I really like it. My ears are ringing. All right. Next award is LVP. Who is our LVP? Mike. Mike. I think, based on the fact that she let herself be convinced after a day to marry this guy and then talked her caring friends down over and over and over again and then barely helped slaves at all, it has to be Storm. Wow. Wow. First ever Storm Yeah, first ever LVP nominee. LVP because she's vulnerable and she wants love and she's (laughs) After a day? Yes. (laughs) After a day. You know, she finally, someone said they liked her, and that's what oh, happened. Yeah, someone who looks like Storm. Nobody's ever told her after a day that they <laughs> like her. Okay. Oh, Ryan, what's your who's your LVP? This is so fucking clear, Caitlin. In the third act, when the full battle is going down, and everyone is attacking everyone, and we need to be saved, we need to be rescued, there's this one guy who has one portal ball. And he's like, I was saving this for an emergency. Bitch, that emergency is right now. Why would you even say that? Like, the whole world is coming down on top of him. And he's like, well, I was saving this for what? Christmas 2024? Shut the fuck up, bitch, and throw your fucking portal ball. He's the LVP. Eventually, what if I wanted the power ball? Cyclops is like, yeah, this is a fucking emergency, bro. He throws his uh, portal ball. But, like, he should have done it a lot sooner. Oh, yeah, for sure. Wow. And before Beast was shot. Yeah, and Caitlin, uh, the LVP is certainly not Storm, who has got had a uh, rough go through, and like 
been on a Storm's, roller coaster. Storm had to go through some shit right here, and I definitely agree. She's not her LVP. My the LVP fools. was actually Archon for being a really bad villain because he was very like he was very open with his slaving, and <laughs> just hide I your slavery like, better, bro. He was like, "You, you want hide more your secret slavery? slavery? <laughs> I want." If he's going to be evil, he's got to be doing some secret slaving and not have his people so shaky and stuff like that. That's some bad, bad villaining right there. Hey, TikTok. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Caitlin. And I'm going to show you how to keep your slave secret. <laughs> Caitlin, if you want secret slaves, have I got a prison industrial complex to show you. <laughs> oh, well, Ryan, I'm going to give that to you because I don't want secret slaves to win. Um, and we're You want them with- to lose? You want your slaves to lose <laughs> no. is what you're saying. Take down my tower. They can't. They must be free. Um, lastly, let's talk about our MVP. Orion, who's your MVP? It's obviously Storm for uh, <laughs> figuring out exactly who she is as a hero, as an X-Man, as a person, as a woman. Um, it's just Storm for knowing that Archon would have led to more slaves. Um, and she stopped herself from being a slave, a slave to love. Mm. Sounded like a poem. Mike, who is your MVP? It's not love if it's just a day. That's lust. She wanted those abs and nothing else. She uh, wanted that dick. And that big Archon dick. Uh, it's Jubilee. Uh, she's finally what earned it. Fuck? It took five seasons. MVP. <laughs> she talks it out. She knows how to be a good friend, but knows how to stay in there so Storm would actually listen to her when she's the one who speaks up and be like, this whole shit's fucked. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, real quick, I have a very serious question. Did you think it was weird, though, when Jubilee ran out into the battlefield and then all of a sudden a card came from behind her and landed on the battlefield next to her? I did think that was very strange. That was very strange. And she's like, they're following me everywhere I go. And then how Storm ruined a battlefield and you only had one turn Nobody left to else play is on allowed it. to go here. And then Cyclops did literally nothing. He's just like, I'm here. This game is great. <laughs> that I've never played. It's so I understand. Fun, I understand all of these references completely, and totally Just remember all of your Marvel MVPs. Snap. Oh, I have oh. a I have a new segment. We shout out characters to Caitlin, and she tries to guess what their she powers are, and I bet she gets be. pretty close. Well, except for Jubilee, who brings a card out for no reason. Like, that one's just bad. Well, it's because she needs to either be rescued or have a real hero there with her. <laughs> okay, I guess it does there, make sense. There's too much I don't understand here, and I think it's time to move on. So I got to crown a winner. Right now it's tied Mike and Ryan 2-2. Two and two. So whoever takes this, it's Jubilee versus what was the other? Who, who chose Storm. what? Ryan said Storm. Storm. Oh, fuck. Well, I'm going to give it to whoever said Jubilee. Who was that? Yes. What the fuck? All right. It's Mike. And I think it's Jubilee's first win here. Uh, So, Mike, congratulations. You've won this week's episode of X-Taz. I think you should high five everyone you see today. That's your curse slash blessing. (laughs) There you go. You have it. Um, And that's it for today. But I think we have to do a couple other things right before we leave. I think we have to talk to some people that aren't here right now. So we have to kick our friends out. Well, I don't want to go. I, I, I'm enjoying talking. I would love to leave. Michael. Right. Walk, 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 walk. Michael. Walk, 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 walk. Please don't call me Michael. My parents call me Michael. Walk, 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 walk. Mikhail. 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 <laughs> um... So now that I'm here all by myself, I'm going to bring in some of my bestest friends. 
Um, this first person is actually just a piece of toast. And this piece of toast is going to tell me um, some great things. Uh, it, it, he's actually taking Ryan's mic. Uh, piece of toast, can you tell me a little bit about some websites? I'm just a piece of toast. And everywhere I go, I go on a website. One of the websites I go on is obviously popfilter.com, except without the M. Okay. Popfilter.co, thank you so much. Is there another website that you go to maybe to support us? Oh. Give us some little monies? Everywhere I go, I always try to go on... Slab pop filter slab something that rhymes with popfilter.co slash Amazon. Wow. Toasted. You got it. That was nice. Also patreon.com slash your pop filter. Mm, put it in the toaster. That was fantastic. I'm know. a piece of toast. Yep, yeah, yeah, he sure is. Butter that bitch up and send him right out of here. He's done. Um and thank you so much, Piece of Toast. I'm glad you're here. Uh, someone else is actually going to be coming on right now and talking to us about a little bit about our, sh- our other shows that we have here on the network. It's actually a banana from Bananas and Pajamas uh, taking over Mike's microphone. Wild. Uh, it's so great to have a celebrity on here. So glad we could finally get a banana here. Um, can you please tell us about some other shows, Banana? Hi, Caitlin. It's so good to see you. Oh, man, it's so great to see you, too. I've never been so starstruck in my life. Did you watch my show back in the day? <laughs> I did. I watched B1 and B2 go up those stairs every single day. We went up those stairs. We went down those stairs. Yep. We chased teddy bears. Yes. Those were the days. Those were my favorite days, too. B2 no. or B1. Wait, which one are you? I'm B2. Oh, my God. You're my favorite. How do you know? <laughs> I got. Do you have any money? Do I have money? Yeah. I actually don't. Well, I used to chase teddy bears. Now I'm chasing that horse, if you know what I mean. <laughs> the horse? I need that black tar right in these banana veins. <laughs> you know what? You, you were a star back in the day. What What else should I expect? I'll, I'll try to hook you up. Life is so hard for a former banana star. There's not maybe, much call for it these days. Maybe our previous guest, Toast, has some good connects to black tar heroin. Oh, Toast, he said some ugly things in the green room. (laughs) I'm so sorry you had to deal with that banana. Mostly, he kept acting like his thing was, I rhyme, but he never quite rhymed. I was I'm just a piece. Did you call me? I'm just a piece of toast. And everywhere I go, I'm just a piece of toast. I don't mean to boast. That's It's so easy. Fuck you, banana. I'll fucking fucking kill you. I don't like this piece of toast. We are not part of it at all. Ballads, breakfast together. <laughs> but what superhero show shows what you listen to, rate, subscribe, review. And then also, of course, we have Movie of the Year, which is back going through 2002. They only have 80 more movies of 2002 to get through, I believe. And everybody's going to love it. Wow. Incredible. Fuck this is- shit talking banana. Toast- Ooh. Well, okay. That's not a rhyme either. That nothing. There was some Buddha boops though, so I feel like that meant that everyone left. Uh, B two. It's been an honor having you on here. Uh, We hope to have you back some other time, but you've got to go. Toast. 
I already kicked you out. We can't have you here anymore. Um, and I, that's because we have to have our next guest come on to talk us, to us a little bit about social media. Um, and oh my God, we have another star. It's the bear from Bear in the Big Blue House taking over Ryan's mic. Oh my God, you and your long neck. They were always on my TV and I loved you every time you talked to the moon. Um, wow. Can you please tell me about social media and 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 about your life? Okay. If you hand me that bottle of honey, <laughs> Sammy, I can't. Uh, yeah, of course. Of course. Anything for you. Help, help me out of this chair. Oh, here, here you go. My I'll knees don't. You. Oh, God. Feels so good to stand up. The chair's fabric is stuck to the back of my legs. Ooh. Oh, God. <sighs> okay. What did you want me to do? Talk about some social medias, Big Bear. <sighs> Big old bear in the house of the blue. My house is smaller than I am. Why would, as a real estate agent, why would you sell me this house if you knew that I was so much bigger than this house? Uh, I have, there's couch fabric on my legs and I just want a glass of honey. Just give me a glass of honey and I swear to God, I'll leave you alone. I'll give you $7. I will give you seven. I have $7 in my back pocket if you just leave me alone. You know what? I don't even want the honey. Just leave me alone. I will happily take $7. You take my $7 and you leave me alone, Missy. I've dealt with your fucking drama for the last six years of my life and I will not do it for another day. I've lived in a house that's too small for me. And all across this country, bears are living in houses that are too small for them. So you take my $7 and you never speak to me your drama again. Do you understand me? Wow. I mean, this is our first time meeting, but um, I will indeed take your $7. I am also someone with a small house. I have a... Yes, please? I have a runaway daughter and I'm putting her bare face on your face and I am screaming at you like I would scream at her. She's she's a tiny bear in a giant house and I'm a big bear in a little house and I resent her for everything. I All I wanted was for her to have a better life than me and she did it and I hate her for it. I hate her for it. Well, Bear, I really just had you on here to talk about social media, not about like your housing issue. Um are you here? Are you going to help me today or give me that $7 you promised? I'll take either, honestly. <laughs> you can see that I am poor. <laughs> I'm so fucking poor. And yet you're going to hold me to a promise of $7. That was a trickery. I wanted one. T- I wanted to use one trickery to get you to give me $7. And now you want $7 from me because my trickery failed. Because my house is too small and I'm too big. Fine. Social media. Instagram. At pot, your pot filter, twitter.com at your pot filter. Good, fine. Now, can I give you your seven dollars? You can give me my seven dollars. No, I need, I want seven dollars. <laughs> I can't, I don't have it to give you, and I'm sorry. I'm just a tiny bear in a big house, and it's well, the reverse of that. As we talked about, you can have this big old honey for doing this bit. Thank you so much, bear in the big flu house, for coming. Wait, uh, this big old honey, this, this big old barrel of honey is now yours. Bitto Honey is a classic, terrible candy bar, and that's Ooh. what my life has become. Oh. Well, thank you so much for being here, Bear. Uh, this may be your last time on, so... What? 
Goodbye, Bear. I want to be have, a regular panelist. We have one more guest here um, from the upcoming movie Dungeons and Dragons. It's actually a dungeon. Oh my god! And they're going to tell us a little bit about con- how to contact us. Um, dungeon, is that you? Not the dragon. We don't want to talk to the dragon, but dungeon. Please tell me about you your upcoming movie. You don't want and to talk how to contact us to that scaly uppity bitch. Everybody, the dragon always thinks it's about the dragon. Everybody forgets about the dungeon. But there is no dragons without the dungeons, you know what I mean. We all need that cavernous hole to keep Uh, things in. I have the most cavernous hole you have ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) I have so many questions. I have so many questions about the depth, the width, everything. Is there anything cool in your dungeon? So, Missy, I know what I'm being flirted with, but I am a married dungeon. <laughs> Do you find a dungeoness? You find a, another dungeon? It's a dungeoness crab, actually. That I'm a <laughs> I've heard they're tasty, but I'm sure that's oh, not what happens. She is in all the right places. Mm, all right. All right. <laughs> I heard they're only in the Pacific Northwest, so I hope you enjoy yeah. it up there. No, she's Great weather, right? We live down... Near Madagascar. Near Madagascar. There's not I really don't dungeons. know much about crabs. There's Thank you for a, telling me. There's not a lot of dungeons in the Pacific Northwest if you don't count the sex freak dungeon of the governor of Washington. Oof. Oof. I know that guy. The dungeon that is. He's a weirdo. A weird dungeon. It's a weird Avoid dungeon. that one. Not a normal dungeon like me. Do you want to see my holes? <laughs> I'm good, but I would love if you'd fill this portion with uh, some contact information. Contact at popfilter.co is where you can email. And they'll read your email if it's good enough. If Oof. it's not good enough, they will send you to me. Ooh. And I will Into shove the dungeon. you so deep in my holes. Okay, before before you leave dungeon, I do have one question. Would you consider the Bat Cave a dungeon, or is that not like a dungeon friend? Oh no, that's a dungeon. He tosses people up in there. It's it's really extrajudicial. It's not okay what Batman does. Mm. All right. Well, Aston answered. Uh, thank you so much uh, for helping me out. I, I heard that somebody's bring... given seven dollars. Had to I get that seven dollars? I could fill you. No, that, that was only like, for me. I want to explore a dungeon. I heard the seven dollars, and I go, "Gotcha, bitches." You're gonna have to talk to the bear. He's in the green room. Um, I smell a fucking dungeon that I would like to live in soon. I heard it has higher ceilings than your house, bear. My house is so tiny, and nobody cares. Cave dungeon. I'm sorry. Is it cave? Oh. <laughs> I thought you were going to live in me, but you called me Oh, that is... No, I want to live in you, baby. Not okay. (laughs) You go find a fucking cave then, bear. I'm a big bear. (laughs) I think... All of our guests, thank you so much for coming on. I think that's that's all we can do for this week. But next week, uh, we're going to be talking about Star Labs and how it gets a mold inspection on the Flash. All that and more next week for... For ass, I'm Caitlin. For bear, I'm Caitlin. For Mike, I'm Caitlin. For Ryan, I'm Caitlin. Everyone makes me still Caitlin. And that's all good. Bye.